from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. I am Brian. This is the best <laughs> beer show on the internet. <laughs> oh man, wait till compare my voice to the, on this show to the what, next. How is that still making noise? Oh, it's open in that one. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, Should I keep talking? Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a little under the weather, so uh, if my voice sounds funny and I cough a lot during this, I am sorry. Uh, it'll be all good. I'm a little out of practice. Like It's weird how being out for a week completely throws everything into disarray. Yep, I know um, what you mean. But Yeah, well, and then we haven't done this show in a few weeks. Yeah, it has been a couple weeks. It's been like... Holiday season hits, man. It's just, it's busy and mm. hard and just rough. Um, but I would like to give a shout out to our patrons. If you'd like to become a patron, uh, head on over to uh, patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. And I want to give a, sh- a special shout out to our black belt patron, Andy Thompson. Andy, you are a gentleman and a scholar and pretty much the greatest human being on earth. So you would like to be as awesome as him. Head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Excelente. All right. So, Brian, what, man, what have you been up to the last few weeks? Oh, boy. Uh, well, let's see. Um... You know, I was thinking about this earlier, and I had something, but now it kind of escapes me. Um, I had a chance to, one of the things, I had a chance to meet uh, one of the fellows from Shakopee Brew Hall. Uh, I had them uh, through a mutual friend or uh, internet acquaintance, I guess, if you will. Uh, They hit me up and asked if we had four pounds of Galaxy, and of course, yeah, we had plenty plenty of galaxy to spare and uh you know i've got uh my one my major the the big time hot uh double ipa seller for us is uh space force which i'm sure we've talked about a hundred times um it continues to sell really well and get hard lined at bars so gotta hit with that one but uh so then i that causes me to have uh, a really expensive hop on on hand that uh is tough to get which is galaxy uh i believe this round like this particular like these last two boxes were $33 a pound that was um, me, oh that was you <laughs> I'll shut this off anyway uh so yeah it was $33 and 16 cents a pound that was all in with shipping um so you know I was like yeah I will I can sell you galaxy but it's gonna cost you a, kind a of a little bit, stupid yeah. amount of money and if you're uh you know on a smaller system you know you want to kind of check and see what you're uh, batch so cost is, is going to so be. So that's that's a brewery in Shakopee, then. Correct. I, I yeah. had not heard of them. Well, until this moment. If so. yeah, right. If the um, uh, bottle is still around uh, next time we do this, I'll I'll try to bring. Yep, that's good. I'll try to bring. Um, they gave me a bottle of triple IPA. Oh, nice. And you know, I'm I'm a kind of an IPA fiend. Uh, well, I like all. Beers at sours are just you know so so, in my in my You're mind. Like all but. beer except beer that you deem to be broken. <laughs> 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 Correct. <laughs> Correct. So, um, but <clears throat> it's always fun to have other brewers in and people from breweries, and you know you kind of get to show off your um, show off your gear and kind of kick the 
the tires on your, you know, they can come in and kick the tires on your system and, and give it a look and all that. So, um, I just, I guess the reason why I bring this up is cause it, it's a, a part of this industry is that like the brotherhood, which, um, I, I firmly believe in, and I feel like if I can help anybody out in the industry by, you know, like lending them things or trading or selling them, you know, four pounds of galaxy, um, I'm, I'm really into that. Uh, so it was really cool to meet those guys and I hope I can get down to Shakopee sometime soon. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, other than that, um, I don't know. My friend Nate's a rep at, uh, war pigs. And so I was sitting around last night, uh, drinking a whole bunch of salmon pants, which is their lager. Okay. I don't think I've had salmon pants. Ooh, it's good. It's um, good. They I make mean, their, it sounds uh, stinky. Yeah. <laughs> they make their, their beer is, uh, contracted at, uh, summit. And oh, so okay. my good buddy, Tom Mondor, who is not allowed to be on podcasts. Otherwise he probably would have been on by now. Uh, Tom Mondor is the lead sellerman at Summit. I see. He's just not allowed. No, the Summit's kind of like now. And say, same thing with Nate from uh, the rep from Warp Pigs. I think he can be on podcast, but he can't talk about uh, War Pigs things. Oh, okay. So I think so. He, there's no reason to be on a podcast. Then. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, unless he just wants to hang out. He, he could. Fine. He could. We could kick but. him in on on DOO, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Nate used to homebrew and stuff like that. But okay. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Let's see. What else? What about you, man? What if I let's? I went to Florida for a week. That mm-hmm. was that was a thing for our annual like company Christmas thing, and then uh like just the developers conference. Drank a lot of uh, Cigar City, uh, a lot of Florida Cracker. Um, <laughs> Pete, <laughs> Pete sent me a snap and you were like, I don't know, laying down. Maybe, oh, making whale noises? Maybe taking a nap. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Well, no, it was just like a snap picture. There wasn't a video, but it it was you and I and I just said, did you kill him? <laughs> Is he dead? <laughs> People's like, maybe. <laughs> yeah, man, it was it was it was a good time. Uh, Pete and I had a lot of fun. Um and yeah, no, it was it was a blast. Uh, but yeah, no, just drank a lot of a lot of local beers down there, and did not could not find a good IPA besides like the Cigar City like High Lie. Mm, yeah. Um, and it was it was kind of a bummer. That is a good one. Do they not make a version that they age on oak? I believe they do. That's awesome. But I have not I have not had it. You are a braver man than I pouring a beer over a keyboard like that. <laughs> I'm I'm a motherfucking professional. Plus, this keyboard only cost me like twenty bucks. Oh, okay. Well, then it's, it's not it's an iPad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It. Then it's not an issue. Like, <laughs> I always get just super worried. Like, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, last night went to an ugly sweater party. Uh, brought a bunch of my kegs and got two of them kicked. So that was great. Good, because you yeah. If there's any, if there's one thing about this. This studio, and you guys can't really see it, but there's a curtain. If you can see me on the beer can, there's a curtain over that way, and there is like a stupid amount of <laughs> stupid <laughs> amount of homebrew over yeah. there. Yeah, well, and the problem is we're gonna start running into uh, sour kegs pretty quick here, uh, and that's gonna be oh, and well. that's gonna slow consumption down a little uh, bit with some people and ramp it up for others. So yep. we'll see we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, other than that, not not a ton. Uh, been Trying to figure out, like, I got to start brewing again in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. And so I got to figure, I'm trying to figure out what our first thing should be for the new year. 
getting back into the brewing routine. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not ending up with a stupid amount of beer again. <laughs> but uh, Just so. don't do the, the style challenge then. Just don't uh. brew every week and you'll probably be okay. <laughs> uh, you know what I forgot? Uh, the brewery turned one year old. I know. I, I sent you a text yesterday. <laughs> Shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you the Applebee's song. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> it went it went over my head for a second, and then I'm like, oh, okay. I maybe started drinking a little early yesterday because I it was knew the one year anniversary. Yep. Well, no, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to leave my house. So yeah, one one year we made it. Uh, going well. Can't complain. We did hire a new sales guy. Uh, oh, yeah, that's who right. started as well. So a guy who used to work for Tommy Knocker in uh, Denver. That's so, the yeah. brewery, not his name. His name yep, no, his name's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, beer-wise, not not a ton. Today I, uh, I got a bunch of stuff done this morning, and then I worked out this afternoon, and I was like, you know what? This is a bathrobes, pajamas, beer, and Nicolas Cage afternoon. And so I did that. Dude, I love Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever... I probably haven't said that on the Homebrew on homebrew Bound, but I am probably have gone on a Nicolas Cage rant on D.O.O. I'm a huge fan of Nicolas Cage. I don't know Cage. if you have. I haven't? I don't think oh, so. Oh, man, I fucking love Nick Cage. I, I mean, it's easy enough to remedy. Right. Like. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, but yeah, so we do have a beer to taste today. Uh, one that I'm... A, I'm, I'm Intrigued by might be the word you want to hand me one yeah. of those bottle openers. There you there. go. Is so this, this one Rick's? is, uh, yeah, this is from Rick. Do we got a style on this or what's? Um, it it is. Uh, so he calls it an Australian bitter. Oh, okay. Um, because he had like he fermented it with the uh, with the Australian ale yeast. Oh, uh, okay. And so, um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll read off the uh, the thingamabob in just a second here. The recipe. Um, and I don't have percentages because he did not send them to me. I'm sorry. I'm going to assume that's what you sent me here. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, actually, I do have percentages. Oh, you did send it. Nice. Sweet. All right. So uh, it is 50% Maris Otter, uh, 37.5% uh, Pale Malt UK, and then 12.5% uh, Biscuit Malt uh, UK. And then he used uh, Pride of Ringwood at... Or, Oh, uh, no, sorry. Horizon, half an ounce of Horizon at 60 minutes for 24 IBUs. And then Pride of Ringwood at fl- or at 15 minutes for an additional 8 IBUs. Um, Interesting. Horizon. Yeah. Uh, and then he, yeah, and then he used the, uh, uh, oh, this one apparently he did uh, the English Ale Yeast is what it says here. WLP002. So I don't know where he got Australian. Maybe the Pride of Ringwood? <laughs> it's Rick. Uh, maybe he, you know, I don't know. He just, yeah. He just drank a Foster's while looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> Foster's. Bring me a slab. Get me a blooming onion. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he did it to mess with us. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. So um, estimated gravity, original gravity was 1043. Uh Bitterness, 32.8 IBUs, uh, estimated ABV about 4%. I have no idea what the numbers actually were. He did not tell me, but. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so I guess let's start with aroma. What do do you get in aroma-wise? Hops. (laughs) Definitely hops. Uh, So I don't know if anyone else sometimes 
when I smell certain hops, they smell a little bit kind of like soap to me, which is not... Like that cilantro soapy. Right, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying that, you know, pejorative, not, it's not pejorative or whatever. Um, I'm getting like a, almost like a, either like a toffee biscuit or a honey biscuit. Yep, yeah, yeah, honey, almost like, a, yeah, almost honey malt, but, I'm, you know, it's the, this biscuit and the, the Maris is going to make it, you know, Maris is going to also make it kind of biscuity, and then he cut it with a UK... I would be interested to know what the actual pale two-row UK malt. Uh, let's see if A sent me that. Uh, no, he did not tell me the exact. Yeah, like there is the exact malt. I'm sweet. guessing crisp. Okay, is, is what I is that makes crisp sense for Simpsons, but probably crisp, sweet and caramely and. A little bit of that, you know, the hop. Yeah, I mean, clean, clean aroma. Yeah, definitely. The hop aroma is not lingering very much. Um, I'm getting like mostly like I think it's the. I'm pretty sure it's the, the the pride of Ringwood sticking out for me, and then uh, appearance wise, uh, clarity is pretty solid. Yeah, I like it. Mm -hmm. um, the head sticks around a bit. Mm-hmm. Boy, for four percent, man, this. This drinks really nicely. Yeah, it does. Wow. There's a like there's that good like hop like bitterness right up front. Firm. Very firm. Um, and it doesn't fall away to nothing right away. Mm -mm. Firm bitterness to, lingers. Dude, yeah, for for like I said, for four percent, this this drinks very well. This um the body on this is is nice. Yeah. I would drink a lot of this. <laughs> I would, too. I'm kind of bummed we only have the one bottle. Son of a bitch. Why didn't he give us a case, that asshole? I'm going to pour a little more. I'm going <laughs> to pour a little more, like, straight and see what the head kind of looks like. If pretty, Yep, yeah, nice and dense. Um, getting a little, little lacing. Playing that, that game of chicken. Getting towards the bottom of the bottle. Like, yeah. Or is that yeast going to slug who's, out? Who gets the dregs? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, no, uh, mouthfeel. Nice. I'd say, um, Jesus, cord's tangled on my feet. Uh, medium to low. <laughs> medium, like medium to low body. Like, yeah. If, if we're going to use those terms. Um, I mean, I'm happy with it for this. No, no I, I think it's, uh, is there, is there anything you would change? No. I, this is what used to annoy Justin, my business partner, about his homebrew. I'd be like, no, oh, it tastes good, bro. <laughs> tastes like good. Well, is there anything you would tweak about it? Nope. But but I, I need feedback. The feedback oh. is it's good. I'm not going to make something up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Rick, you did a good job, man. Mm -hmm. Um, like this one, man. Yeah, this is this is very good. Good firm bittering. I get you know some hops. It's crisp. It's a little bit um, it's imminently dry. drinkable. Yeah, moderate. You know, bodied. Um, good biscuit character, and it and it and it. Um, it's a consistent malt character. There's not like a couple things poking out. It's nice and it it's nice and a smooth. There's you know there's no like transition between you know this to that. It's it's all yep. very very logical. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not super complex, but there's still like it's but it's not one note either. 
mm. which is nice. Because a lot of a lot of the times you get to these like super low ABV beers, and you just get like one note. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, there's mm. there's a little bit of something in this one. Yeah, this is good. All right, so Rick, you hit style. Congratulations. Kudos, my friend. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so we should probably talk about uh, important things, huh? Like what? Like the things that we're talking about today. Oh yeah. So, um, Indeed. So we kind of have a twofer this week because. Well, we haven't given you guys much for the past couple of weeks. I'm sorry. But, yeah, so we're going to kind of hit on two things. One, uh, it's not so much a discussion as just something that's really cool. Uh, and then we're going to dive into contract brewing a little bit because that's been in the news lately. And it seems like more and more breweries are either contract brewing for other people or having their beer contract brewed. And so it's just an interesting thing to touch on. Mm. But the first thing, uh, I mean, you want to touch on res- resilience a little bit? Sure. Uh, so, I mean, if unless you live under a rock, uh, you know that the most devastating wildlife in California's history uh, is a raging. Wildfire. What did I say? Wildlife. I was like, oh, Sasquatch is oh, getting nice. out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the campfire is what they're referring to it as, and it's the most devastating wildfire in California's history. It's hit really close uh, to home for Sierra Nevada Brewing Company uh, as they are in Chico, California. Fortunately, the brewery was spared. Um, and the, uh, but many of Sierra Nevada's employees, patrons, and neighbors lost everything in this fire. Um, and so to help raise uh, money, support, and that for recovery efforts, uh, Sierra Nevada created a beer called Resilience IPA. Uh, so Sierra Nevada, along with like a lot of professional brewers, uh, are going to be releasing and selling Resilience IPA. All of the proceeds are uh, being donated to Sierra Nevada Campfire Relief Fund through Golden Valley Community Bank Foundation. Um Home brewers, uh, this is a, a killer opportunity for you guys to check out a pro recipe and see what they do. Uh, do they have the the recipe just available? Anywhere? Yes, absolutely. Um, it's I'm looking at it right now. Um, I'm looking at the one on the on the AHA website. Oh, yep, yeah, the IPA American Home Brewers Association. They give you percentages and pounds uh, for five gallon. Um, and they give you mash, you know, directions, um, and then. Excuse me, they're rocking an 80-minute boil on this. And then um, and we'll get more into the recipe in a, in a hot second here. But um, So uh, Chip Walton from Chop and Brew um, scaled this down on the Homebrewers Association. If you're not familiar with Chop and Brew, uh, Chop Chop, check that out. Uh, Chip Walton does some good work. Um, but, yeah, so as far as the recipe goes from, like, a homebrew standpoint – uh, I'll just kind of rattle it off here. It'd be 90% two-row and 10% crisp crystal 60. So they're using raw two-row and crisp crystal 60. Very simple crisp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Uh, and what we ended up doing was, so there's a couple uh, a couple large malt distributors that, you know, like BSG, they distribute many, you know, they, they, they do Simpsons, they do raw, they do... Um, uh, Wireman uh, and, and a handful of others, and you can get you know oats and and rice hulls and everything else from them, and contract hops through them, and all that kind of stuff. So there's a big brewery ingredient distributor. Uh, there's another one called Country Malt Group, and they distribute other things like Great Western or Brees uh, and a few others. 
And so what I wanted out of this situation, um, uh, given the fact that both malt distributors were giving away free malt and some hop farms in some cases were giving away free hops, uh, which is very, very cool. Uh, we decided to go with free malt from um, Country Malt Group um, because I've, I've literally never ordered anything from them. And again, this is a fantastic opportunity to uh, it was a fantastic marketing opportunity for Great Western because they, you know, they got some malt into my brew house that I would normally never have probably taken yeah. a shot on. I don't I don't I know. The ingredients and where I get them from, they're consistent enough or I'm comfortable enough that I'm just been ordering from the same same place. So that said, I use Great Western and then a just a you know sixty, you know C sixty. Um, and at our grist, it was you know nine hundred pounds to like one hundred and ten pounds. It was like nine hundred pounds of, of two row and like one hundred and ten pounds of C sixty. And then as far as the hops go on this bad boy, uh, you've got one ounce of Centennial at 80. You got one ounce of Cascade at 15. Uh, or no, well, yeah, one ounce and one ounce of Cascade and Centennial each at 15. Uh, you got um, a couple Whirlpool hops additions with Cascade and Centennial. And then you're dry hopping um, half pound each Cascade Centennial. So this is an incredibly simple recipe. But what do I always say? That like the simplest recipe is always end up kind of making some of the best beers yeah um you know what my lager is one malt one hop my the the two top selling beers i have um are you know uh malt c you know two row c10 and sugar like that's it and so i always say like some of the, the simplest is the best sometimes so your original gravity on this uh, is going to be 1065 or if you do play-doh it's 16 finaling out at 1016 um, it's about 64 IBU, uh, 11 SRM on our end. Um, there's in the pro recipe, it gives you your salt additions, uh, and that, <coughs> excuse me, it gives you your salt additions <clears throat> struggling here, trying to pull this recipe up the pro one. Sorry guys. Uh, the salt additions. Yeah. yeah so do you have that recipe? I okay. do. Oh, yeah. okay. now I got it now. Oh, you got yeah. it. All right. Uh-huh. Um, they're, They've got a gypsum edition, a calchlor uh, edition, uh, and then this is kind of an interesting one. Uh, they've got uh, another gypsum edition. Uh, we're talking on about five grams per barrel of uh, gypsum. So this, it's kind of I, what I how I look at it is, you know, you want to put your salts in in the mash, and then they'll transfer over, you know, into your boil kettle, and that's what helps with making hops pop out or you so, know different things. Um, the, the kettle edition uh-huh. seems odd. Well, it's like it, it, well, I'm, what I'm, where I'm going with it is that then that kettle edition, that's like salting your meal. Okay. And I mean, you can, you, you know, if you're mixing some, some cake batter, yeah, you might throw a little bit of salt in there, but I mean, later, I mean, it's not like, oh, I'm going to also put salt on the cake, but like you get yeah. where I'm going with that. Yeah. So is, so do you think that they're doing a kettle edition, uh, because that some breweries might not be salting their mashes and they're like, well, if we tell them to put it in the kettle, then throw some gypsum in there. And no, you're, no? these are two different, there's two different okay. reasons. So the, the match, there's some, some, uh, we should, you could do a whole episode on, well, we, we, we will be this. doing a, a water series <laughs> in the future here. Yeah. So it, you're, you're, uh, your salting in, in your mash has, has more to do. It has less to do with your mash pH and it has more to do with 
seasoning the food, if you will. Okay. And so it's like, okay, well, I know I've made this soup and I've seasoned it with these different herbs and spices, but then later on when I when I have that soup in front of me, I'm like, mm, I'm gonna put a little pepper in there or whatever. You yeah, know what I'm, I'm saying I'm gonna tweak it a little bit. Yeah, to make exactly. It more to my so, liking. Um, that, but yeah, we should really kind of circle back and okay. talk more about the you know, reasoning behind that. Yeah. So that's just for starters. So, but yeah, um, it's kind of cool though. Like I said, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's something that at least on this scale, I don't think it's ever been done. Mm-mm. Um, I know, I know there's, there's been other things, uh, like other, um, collaborations. Like the, yeah. Well, and like the pink boot society yeah. has, has like their, their, uh, their collaboration beers or whatever. Um, but something at this scale, and um, there's a little bit of a selfish uh, excitement for this. Oh, totally. I can see <laughs> about uh, like 30 different breweries in our area that are doing this. Right. I can go try the exact same beer from 30 different breweries. I'm so psyched for this. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even tell you how psyched I am about this. I, man, and then Matt Waddell from Wild Minds is he's throwing his in a cool ship. Yeah, of course he is because it's wild minds. <laughs> Man, I I cannot like it's contain myself. You can this. It, like you're gonna be able to like in theory taste the house flavor of the brewery in each one of these beers, and oh, it's yeah. gonna be different enough. And it will be, um, I mean, like we talk about canary beers uh, all yeah. the time. <clears throat> this is gonna be like the most epic canary the, beer in the totally. world. Totally. Um, you know, given how just freaking simple this recipe is, and it's so it's so old school, and it's so West Coast. It's Sierra Nevada, it's, like yeah. I you just, know you you don't just this just doesn't get any better than <laughs> than it is. Yeah, you like you have all these breweries who focus on uh, like the the cutting edge styles and mm. stuff like that. Like I think uh, Dangerous Man is on yeah. this list too. Sure, and they're gonna scale back and do an old school West Coast IPA. It's right. just, it's exciting to see. Like it's just because it, it's out of so many of these guys' wheelhouse too. True, and I mean I think there there are probably several breweries that are doing it that you know in or their their um, brew schedules are probably less flexible than yeah some other breweries, and so I've you know they wanted everyone to brew it on at, what was it like. It was uh, no, Tuesday after, yeah, after Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, and you guys just got yours done last week? We got week? ours done last week, yeah, yeah. Thursday, I think. So, I don't know, three weeks, plus or minus, maybe. Well, yeah, and plus. like... It depends on what, you know. Well, but it, and it happened so quick. Like, I think they'll all be out within, uh, you know, within a few weeks of each other. Yeah, the malt came very quickly. So, uh, uh, shout out to Country Malt Group and Great Western uh, Malt, which I believe is in Canada. Oh, okay. So. We got some Canadians helping us, huh? Yeah, yeah, correcto. I mean, you know, why not? So, yeah, that's what I know about uh, the resilience beer. Yeah, no, it's it's just it's it's a very cool thing, and yeah, guys, uh, go to the Sierra Nevada website. Um, it's just uh, yeah, just Google resilience IPA or go to Sierra Nevada website, and there's a map on there where you can see all the different breweries and you can zoom in on your area and see which ones are participating. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeast strain wise, you're going to want to use Chico. Chico. <laughs> That's ridiculous. 
You want to use the Chico strain? I don't uh, understand. Why? I mean, uh, uh. That's, that's all we use. It we use that. Uh, we use the cheek, the original Chico strain, and then Weinstefan or Lager yeast, and that's it at the brew house. It is, dude. Having more than two yeast strains running around the brewery is such a pain. I believe it. Just ridiculous. Trying to brink all that, and you know, plating it and looking at it. So, well, and the Chico strain is just a solid. Workforce. All around. Yeah. I always know what it's going to do. All right. Um, and so uh, the I guess the second the second half of our discussion here, uh, contract brewing. Yeah. So we just give like a quick uh, 30 second, like what is contract brewing? All right. It's two ways that this can happen. So contract brewing uh, is if I want to start or if I want my, oh man, I'm already screwing this up. So it, Contract brewing is when, say, um, well, founders. So what do they? Ha- they have all day IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to contract brew that now through Avery Brewing oh, really? Company, right? So what they do is they just say, okay, here's all of our proprietary information, our recipes, water profile, salt additions, blah blah. Your your boys are going to make this beer. So the Avery Brewers are going to brew Founders All Day IPA, and then uh, Founders is just going to kick Avery a check. Done. Uh, another way to go about it is what's called an alternating proprietorship. So basically that's what's happening at our brewery with Oliphant and then Bobtown Brewhouse is they roll in. They have a, a space to keep their brewing records. Um, they have a little space to keep their, you know, their boots or whatever, and then their people come in use our stuff and but buy their own ingredient and then they just kick us a check for renting space and using um equipment but the way that our discussion is going to move here is in the contract brewing so once again it's just it's you know it's pbr is kicking miller coors a check for their people at their facility to make pbr Mm -hmm. so that's in this case what's going on yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the the reason this has been, or we were talking about this, is because it's been in the news lately, and uh, this was a lot more relevant a week ago before they settled. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so basically, uh, Miller Coors uh, decided that they didn't want to renew the contract for Pabst to continue brewing, you know, PBR, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Well, okay, so direct, they could be direct competitors. Fr- and- frankly, the reason why this all came to a head is because it it was leaked that uh, Miller Coors hired a consultant to figure out how they could possibly get rid of PBR because you know they Miller Coors is losing market share to small craft breweries. Yep, I mean that, and I don't think I don't think any of this would have gone down. Um, so it, technically, you know. In this situation, PBR, and I'm using quote, you know, scare quotes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, PBR won this round, but long term Miller will be looking uh, for the first chance to dump them. Yeah. Uh, for all we know, the the you know the agreement forced to to an end to be determined in the contract, um, which that's something that you'd want to argue as a lawyer. Meaning PBR will have to partner up somewhere else or build their own brewery or sell off their brand or die, whatever. When the time yeah. when, when when the time comes, but so in this case, I believe Miller settled, 
And Miller wouldn't have settled if they thought they would have won. They would have yeah. just kept slogging it out because they have deep, much deeper pockets. Yeah. So yeah, and so like it's and it's not just PBR. We keep saying PBR, but it's also right. oh, there's LA, a bunch of other shit. Yeah, associated. Old Milwaukee, Lone Star, Schlitz, right? You know, all those, all those fantastic beers <laughs> that we love, that we know and love. Lone Star. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But it's it's uh, <clears throat> but it's the first time I'd seen. Like I had no idea that Pabst was contract brewing mm-hmm. to uh, to Miller Coors. Like I knew, like Anheuser Busch and Miller Coors, like they have these big, uh, big facilities where they brew kind of all of their brands in a single in a single brewery. Right. But I didn't realize that they were cross pollinated. Like that Pabst, quote unquote, one of the big three was actually just so tied to Miller Coors. Yeah, and I think you know it was like the one. Their one uh, facility, you know, and they they were like, oh, we don't have, Miller Coors was like, oh, we don't have the capacity. And it's like, yeah, you do. You kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> you have nothing but capacity. Like, And if you don't have enough capacity, it's so easy for you to just write a tiny check and make more capacity. Yeah, so it, the 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 nutshell one sentence situation here that I'm reading off of this, the probably the shortest but most concise article I found on this it was uh, Pabst took Miller Coors to court saying this was just a thinly veiled bad attempt I'm sorry thinly veiled bad faith attempt to unlawfully hurt a competitor um, so yeah yeah. Um, Pabst says that they have reached an amicable settlement in the case mm-hmm. and are pleased to resolve all outstanding issues um, and they also said uh, Paps will continue to offer Paps Blue Ribbon and the rest of our authentic, great-tasting, and affordable brews to all <laughs> Americans for many, many years to come. Man, yeah, I mean, I like PBR just fine when it's you know when you're in your, when you're when you're seven beers deep, deep and you into can't a session. Taste the the difference anyway. Yeah, I mean, you're just looking for something like refreshing. I just, it's an iconic brand. You know, it's like a, it's like a pack of it's like a pack of marbreds not that i smoke but when i did smoke it was like uh we could get these cheap off-brand ones that are probably made at the same places or i could get the cowboy red, brand right it's, you're it's, always gonna get the cowboy brand. you know for me it's like those iconic brands that <laughs> it's 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 iconic americana is right. what it is it's, it's true it's like mcdonald's mm-hmm. like that's what should happen mcdonald's should partner with pabst and you can go get yourself a cheeseburger and a tall boy. Well, yeah, and then you know who who can forget the uh, the greatest uh, greatest uh, scene in movie history in in Blue Velvet with uh, what's his name um, Blue, Dennis uh, Hopper? Oh, where he you, you've not seen this movie? I've not seen oh. this movie. Oh boy! Well, there's your homework. I guess. Jeez. <laughs> thought I was. I thought I was on top of everything. Nope. All right, so uh, back to kind of contract brewing at the at the the smaller brewery level, mm-hmm. and so is that something like that a new brewery opening up, like that they would look at maybe doing some contract brewing, uh, either like is it more for established brands or for startups? Uh, a little of both. Little um, both? Okay. So I've, I've two two different um, anecdotes. Um, one like good anecdote. Well, I, I guess I sh- should could probably mention that the first, the first brewing that I did was uh, uh, contract brewing. Or I'm sorry, it wasn't it, the first brewing I did was for American Sky. But this, the when I moved facilities to Lucid, they were contract brewing um, Badger Hill, Bad Weather, and then Prize. 
Brewing, P-R-Y-E-S. Okay. And so I had the opportunity to brew, you know, four and then five and then even six different brands, uh, contract style. Um, and so Badger Hill got their start by Badger Hill, Badweather, and Prize. None of them had their own facilities. They started their brands, contract brewing at Lucid, got it into bottles, um, or as the case was with Jeremy Prize's beer, it was keg only. And so you, you, you got to just understand here, people, that <laughs> it is a really difficult, it is a slog to, you know, to start your brand with just kegs. And so my hat is always and forever off to Jeremy Prize for starting a brand with one type of beer. He had his IPA, Miraculum, and he, and he had it in kegs, and that was it. Jesus Christ. And, and now he's you know built himself up. He's got it in cans. He's got his own beautiful facility in Minneapolis. You know, and same as with, you know, Bad, uh, Badger Hill and Bad Weather. Um, you know, you've, you've got some, some very talented people, and they built their own facilities. Um, and I don't, you know, that, yeah, that is a good, a good way to start a brand. Um, it's tough. It's a slog, though, because... You know, I've I've tried starting a brand with only kegs and large format bottles, and it's tough. And so I knew when I jumped into you know my own brewery, I knew we wanted you know small format packaging like cans, and that is by far the majority of our revenue. Like we make more money selling cans of beer then. to bars and liquor stores than anything else. So does does it work to start a brewery? doing a contract somewhere yes but you you know you got to do it the right way you got to know how to do it i can't remember what this was the second part to that question uh or is it like established brands oh so yeah then established brands well another anecdote was uh insight brewing company they they came out with this you know um like it was a gin and tonic beer uh your your crazy aunt or some something along those lines and all of a sudden that beer was just like just crazy popular, but you know, they got to maintain their other brands. Right. So they have a beer called dank bot. And I, I heard that. And if anyone wants to correct me on this or tell me to shut the hell up, uh, I'm sorry, but I heard that, um, the now defunct Northgate brewing company, um, brewed a few batches of dank bot because they were close in proximity for one. And for two had, uh, you know, a 16 ounce wrap canning line, that they were working with. So it was like a similar situation. And so, uh, Northgate being that, um, insight couldn't handle the capacity. Suddenly they had to get this, all this, this gin and tonic beer down to satisfy the market demand and, and make some bucks. They had to push production of that beer to another brewery. Um, so that definitely does happen. Or, you know, if you're, if you're expanding, and, you know, your equipment set's going to be down and you know that based on your production schedule, you're going to be short on beer. Well, shit, you know, you're going to have to push it somewhere else. So And so from the other side, like from your side, um, why, what are the reasons that a production or, or like a big production facility would want contract brewers coming in? Is it just to like make sure that the equipment's running as much as possible? And Well, I have excess, excess capacity. I I bought my brewery too big on purpose. I bought the brew house in with growth mode in mind. I knew what size I want it to be. And so instead of starting at seven barrels and then moving to a 15 barrel system, 
we just we jammed a, <laughs> a too big of a system into too small of a building, but it works for us and we have excess capacity. And so, you know, why not use the stuff? What's the point of having empty fermenters? You're not making any money off of those, but you're still paying them off. So, yeah, it's nice to get a, a check every Friday or whatever from one one or both of the. Um, yeah, so it's, it's so it's really just the, it's another revenue stream yep. to help you guys out and helps them out mm-hmm. and it's just kind of a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah, sometimes people are like, well, why you want to help them put their beer in cans and get it on the shelf? And I'm like, well, they're going to do it somewhere else anyway. Yeah, so why don't I, I why don't I make the money? Well, yeah, and it's it's kind of uh it, so do you think the rising tide thing is still in effect like or so. has has craft beer finally hit that saturation point where Man, people have been talking about that since since the forever yeah. and I don't, you know, <clears throat> no, I see big ones getting pushed out because that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, but I mean, at some point, every every town will have their own brewery again, which is what the case was before Prohibition. Like, you know, it's because, you know, things were more remote. It wasn't, you know, you, know, you didn't just jump in your car and, and drive yeah. to, you know, Pitchfork or whatever. Like, that was just for the people in that town, generally, you know. Um you know, then I mean, beer tourism is big, and I mean, will we hit a bubble? I don't know. Um, maybe I, I don't know if we will. I like the bubble thing. Like that's been it's been coming apparently for a very uh-huh. long time, and I don't know if beer is really a bubble business. I think I think the days of you and your buddy uh, find an investor and open a brewery and are somewhat successful are done. I think. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a lot more uh, like you have to be competitive and have to know what you're doing in order to. Well, yeah, the guys that know what they're doing are going to, I'm sorry, the people I should. Oh, I was using the general neutral guys. Sorry. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. In, in general. Yeah. I mean, the good ones are going to stay and then the ones that suck are going to be gone. The ones that have, you know, crummy locations and crummy beer, they'll be gone, you know? And and that's that. All right. In my mind. All right, uh, any last things you want to say about contract brewing? Uh, no, but it's a lot of fun to have. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to have Oliphant there because they're weirdos, and <laughs> I'm also a weirdo. And so well, you'll hear like, ah! come like someone screeching in the back of the brewery, and you're just like, what in the hell are those boys doing back there? And like, you know, it's just it's a lot of fun, man. I don't know, like the brotherhood and and that of brewing is 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 one of a kind, you know, I don't, I'm sure there's other industries that are the, the same, but I mean, we, you know, like maybe, maybe the wine industry or the, dis, the, you know, the booze industry, but I just, I think, I think that we as brewers in, in this industry, we, I think we have the most fun. So I believe it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Every, every brewer I meet is like, I don't know, some type of nerd. Oh, totally. And, <laughs> just, and loves what they do. Yep. So, all right. Uh, I think that means we get to get out of here for yeah. a bit and then record DOO in 40 minutes. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, probably about 43 minutes. I got oh, you got to get your tickets for the Central Waters. Central Waters. So, you at least got to try to get my tickets for the Central Waters. See how that goes. All right, guys. Uh, if you enjoyed the show and uh, have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, uh, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindersuits.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash You can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. 
Um, and yeah, uh, check out our other shows too on the network. And if you'd like to support us, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. And I think that's about it. So I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. <laughs>